Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Energy Central Power Perspectives podcast, the show that brings leading minds to discuss the latest challenges and trends transforming and modernizing the energy system and the utility industry of the future. And a quick thank you to Wes Moreau, our sponsor for today's show. Now, let's talk energy. On today's show, we are going to speak to a utility leader about leveraging cloud computing to optimize utility operations. Specifically, we intend to look at the process utilities should embrace as best practice on their path to developing a utility cloud computing strategy. Matt, are you ready to head up to the cloud with our guest today? Yeah, Jason, it's a subject area that's increasingly becoming impossible to ignore in the world of utilities. And with the fast-moving pace of technology, it's definitely more critical than ever to stay on top of the latest developments. So I'm excited because I have no doubt our guest today will help us do just that. Yes, absolutely. From the solutions architecture to the technological trends to the various costs and risks and even the staffing needs, embracing the cloud is not as simple as just calling up Amazon or Google and jumping aboard the cloud bandwagon. And our guest today has firsthand experience to share and drive home that fact. So our guest today is Andrew Brager, Data Engineering Manager at Tacoma Public Utilities in Washington State. Andrew has played a key role in advancing the digital transformation and analytic initiatives at the utility, and he's eager to share his lessons learned in that process with his peers across the sector. So let's bring him into the podcast booth so he can do just that. Andrew Brager, welcome to the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast. Thank you, Jason. So excited to be here today and having the opportunity to share. As are we. So, Andrew, let's start by understanding your background a bit better. How did you get involved in bringing utilities up to the cloud? Absolutely. Well, I've been with Tacoma Public Utilities for about five years now. And when I joined the organization, there was no cloud presence. However, the organization was moving forward in this opportunity of digital transformation and wanting to engage themes around utility grid modernization, utility modernization. And an essential component of that strategy revolved around advanced data analytics. And I was charged with the opportunity of introducing an analytical ecosystem to the organization. And based on my background and what I was seeing both in the industry as well as uh, our, our peers in the utility space is that cloud computing was being an essential building block in enabling technology and an analytic strategy for a, for a utility. So simply put, I had the opportunity to build out our analytics ecosystem on Amazon Web Services, leveraging a cloud approach, a cloud first approach. And it has made a, a tremendous difference in our organization and really helping us to be successful in the analytics arena, as well as propelling us in the cloud computing narrative as well. Great. Well, let's dig into some examples. So what are some functions and use cases that are prime for the cloud and which aren't as critical or useful in utilizing cloud solutions? Can you share? Absolutely. So when I think about use cases that are prime for cloud computing uh, and really fitting naturally into the cloud computing ecosystem, we're thinking about a couple of different uh, criteria. First, we want to look at speed as being an essential business driver, solutions that need to get to market quickly, where we have to deliver a, a customer-facing solution, maybe in a quicker time frame than we would normally with an on-prem sort of capability. Elasticity, are we developing an application or service where we need to scale up and down? There's some level of volatility with the demand 
or the computing resources that are associated along the line. Innovation, that's another essential component as well. Are we leveraging, say, machine learning or something really advanced or a managed blockchain or something like that for energy transaction management, that sort of thing? And then the final piece that I look to is cost flexibility. Are we looking for a solution that we want to pilot? We want to spin up some credits, some compute resources, and then sort of move it forward and, and consider what scaling might look like in that regard there. A couple of use cases that come to mind that are particularly relevant, I think, in the utilities industry right now. Analytics, like I shared at Tacoma Public Utilities, building our analytics ecosystem on Amazon Web Services has made a huge difference. And I think that other utilities are experiencing that as well. There's so many advanced features with the cloud-based platforms that are available today in terms of enabling data-driven decision-making and enhancing the utility's data management program. The other use case that comes to mind is around customer-facing capabilities. Perhaps it could be a new customer engagement portal, whether that's a, an in-house developed platform as a service solution or an off-the-shelf software as a service solution from a customer engagement portal vendor, customer registration programs, maybe websites, perhaps uh, mobile applications, wanting to leverage cloud-based capabilities to provide those quick-to-market solutions, as well as the innovative functionality that utility customers are increasingly expecting these days. And then the final item that utilities might want to consider is perhaps uh, something innovative, something new, thinking about a blockchain application or advanced analytics around machine learning or data science and something in that space. There's so many opportunities to leverage cloud solutions to really propel those sorts of utility use cases. Well, that's a lot. So you are talking about examples and use cases at Tacoma, but I also understand you've implemented a sort of hybrid approach to the cloud solutions. What was that all about? Absolutely. We've had the recognition that our enterprise architecture was going to take a hybrid sort of approach. We have a lot of traditional proven energy management technologies that for us, for the foreseeable future, will remain on-prem. That's because of compliance reasons. That might be because of cybersecurity reasons. There's a level of stability and predictability with those workloads that we've been doing this for a very long time. And typically, an on-premise environment may make sense. So, for example, our energy management system our SCADA historian platforms or other operational technologies like advanced distribution management systems or outage management systems and, and that sort of thing. Wanting to leverage our on-prem infrastructure to successfully deploy those solutions and maintain that level of stability that's really required for, for those systems to run effectively. Meanwhile, we do have, like you said, a hybrid enterprise architecture and we are introducing cloud-based technologies for those sorts of capabilities that might be more new, more innovative, unproven, where we need the ability to pivot quickly and, and check out some functionality with an associated uh, use case and understand what the value might be. So leveraging that two-pronged approach where we have both cloud-based infrastructure as well as traditional stable on-premise infrastructure has really helped us be successful in, in navigating our cloud computing journey. Andrew, we have a lot of utility listeners, so this isn't just a purely technical topic, right? There's also a change management and workforce uh, training and development component to all this. So share with us some of the workforce elements that you've gone through. What are the hiring and training considerations? What else can you share outside of the technology story for our audience? Well, I think as it relates to staffing and workforce development, there's a lot of considerations that, that utility organizations need to take into consideration. 
on the one hand, I think recognizing our existing workforce is a very strategic asset in seeking to develop those folks, partner with them, building out their skill sets for career development opportunities. I think that provides sort of an intrinsic level of satisfaction in their work, as well as providing new opportunities, both uh, within the utility uh, company that they might currently work, as well as additional opportunities across the industry and so forth. A really helpful metaphor that we have embraced, that we've heard propelled by Gartner Research, is this notion of building staff-based T-shaped capabilities. That is, expecting our staff increasingly to have a level of horizontal breadth across technical domains. So for example, networking, database administration, applications and software development, compute management, infrastructure management. Whereas maybe 10 years ago, we would look to a staff member having expertise in any one given vertical domain. So for example, they're a traditional software engineer and they develop software exclusively, or they might have be a networking engineer and they're working with networking-based technologies. We find that really to be successful in the cloud arena, uh, from a workforce development perspective, we need to develop that horizontal breadth across those technologies, while still certainly encouraging a level of vertical depth in one or more areas as well. And so that's been a really helpful point of emphasis for us from a cloud certification perspective, for example, say the Amazon Web Services Certified Solutions Architect examination. That certification requires that level of horizontal breadth as well as technical vertical depth in each of those given domains. And being able to understand that, that image as well as helping our staff grow in those different domains has really helped us propel our efforts quite effectively as well. As it relates to hiring, it's really been helpful for us just to consider the, the, the opportunity to be patient, that it's going to take time. Um, and we're looking for folks that are curious and, and eager to learn and wanting to explore. Often this can look like new college graduates or folks that are younger in their careers especially those with a traditional maybe computer science or information technology background. We're finding the overwhelming university curriculums these days is leveraging approaches to cloud computing on Microsoft Azure or the Google Cloud Platform or Amazon Web Services. So being able to consider talent that might be younger in their career as well is a, is a very helpful workforce development item to consider. So Andrew, as I listen to you kind of talk through the breadth of this process and everything it entailed as you helped implement it at Tacoma, I'm curious, you know, looking back, what the hardest part of it all was for you? You know, is there anything that you might have done differently with the benefit of hindsight? As it relates to workforce development, I think that encouraging folks to think across technologies is, is very difficult to do. Oftentimes, we've been trained in silos um, as it relates to our technical disciplines within the information technology space in the utilities industry. So again, like I'm a software engineer, I've been trained in this space, and my responsibility exclusively revolves around applications development. Encouraging staff within the organization to take a more holistic or systemic approach to how we can think about technology delivery and how that ultimately impacts the customer can make a, I think, can make a real difference. So for us, one of the items that we're still continuing to explore across our organization is not just the staffing component, but also the process component. What are the workforce processes that we engage as it relates to delivery of solutions that may or may not be customer facing? So for example, DevOps is a particularly helpful model for thinking about customer-centric software applications, data pipeline, networking delivery takes that holistic approach or that systemic approach to delivering value to our customers and working in a more collaborative fashion. 
So focusing not just on the staffing elements and the skills per se, but how we work together as one unified system, uh, thinking about our processes and our workforce uh, engagement processes, change management, technology delivery, all of those items really come into play. That's great. So like I said earlier, our, our audience are primarily people from the utilities. So listening in right now, and many of them haven't really considered, or their organizations haven't considered cloud solutions as perhaps they should, especially in 2022. So what do you say to them about how and why to get started? And what are some of those first steps? I think that's a great question. What I would encourage utility organizations interested in engaging cloud computing is to start with a single use case and really explore what that prototype or pilot solution might look like. What are the learnings associated with that effort? What were the pros and cons associated with that effort? For us at Tacoma Public Utilities, it revolved around analytics. We wanted to take a couple of analytics use cases related to fish survival and related to water quality, two very tangible use cases that have pretty clearly defined problem areas, and see if using a cloud-based ecosystem would make sense to solve for those analytics use cases. And as it turned out, it made a lot of sense and it added a lot of value. So we continued to scale our approach and continue to explore and build out our cloud ecosystem. Selecting a single use case, whatever that's related to, say, transactional energy and blockchain or machine learning or analytics or data visualization or some applications, customer-facing ap applications development effort or something like that, considering a single use case and building it out. The other thing that I would encourage utilities to think about is beginning to craft an actionable roadmap into the future that outlines what their cloud computing journey may look like. There's a couple of models from IDC research and Gartner research that are particularly helpful. And one four-stage model that we've really adopted is this notion of experimentation, evaluation, and then automation and expansion. So first, experimenting with use cases, exploring, continuing to learn, building out the opportunity. Second, evaluation. How can we add some metrics here? How can we consider what our spending looks like? What does it look like to formalize some best practices? classify workloads, scale workloads. Third, moving into the automation space, establishing standard automated operations. That's talking about that DevOps conversation and how we think about our processes and workforce engagement, all those sorts of things there. And then the final piece is expansion. Does it make sense? Consider move, migrating maybe on-prem workloads, legacy on-prem workloads to the cloud where it might be appropriate. It might make sense from a cost standpoint or from a customer-facing engagement standpoint or risk management standpoint or whatever the case might be. A couple of other considerations that I would recommend is working with consulting experts or trusted advisors in this space. There's a lot of experts in this arena that are partnering with utilities as well as other industries and helping them to understand how cloud adoption can really drive digital transformation or grid modernization uh, in the utilities industry. So working with a consulting expert or a trusted advisor who has a solid track record in this space, I think can absolutely make a really solid difference. And then the final piece of encouragement would be just to learn from other utilities in this arena. Thankfully, the utilities industry is a very collaborative industry. And there's a great opportunity to partner with investor-owned utilities, municipal utilities, or public utility districts, and just have ongoing conversation and dialogue about cloud computing best practices, considerations related to risk management, cybersecurity, cost management, so forth. I think it can really make a big difference in that area. There's a lot there. That's great. And I know it rings true for many of our listeners. So thank you for sharing your expertise on this topic.
So, Andrew, now we want to learn more about you via our lightning round. This is the portion of the podcast where we dig into who our guests are personally. We're going to fire these questions at you, and you'll answer with one word or phrase. So, are you ready? Oh, yes, I, I am ready. Sounds good. Show a movie that never fails to make you laugh. I would point to The Office, I think. Favorite time of year? Spring. Here is something that's on your bucket list. I would like to go mountain biking in Sedona, Arizona. Who are your role models? Oh, I really value uh, the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu. What are you most passionate about? Oh, it's mountain biking, for sure. <laughs> Fantastic, Andrew. A flawless performance. And for being a great sport with our lightning round, we're going to give you the final word of today's episode. If nothing else, what's the one takeaway of today's conversation that you hope your peers listening in today will take away? That's a great question. I would just encourage utilities and others that are engaging in the cloud computing journey just to be patient and to recognize that building cloud capabilities is really a long-term strategic engagement. It's going to impact your organization's culture, your staffing engagement models, your processes, systems, technologies, people, all of the above. There's a lot of items that are going to be implicated in the cloud computing journey. But nevertheless, it is absolutely essential for realizing digital transformation and really moving forward that utility modernization strategic narrative. So be patient, but recognize that it is absolutely worth it in the long run. Well said, Andrew. I think that this discussion has been quite enlightening, especially from me. So I'm sure that a lot of people are going to take away a lot of meaningful information here. And sharing your insight, making yourself present on Energy Platform is always something we value. But for now, thank you for your time and joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the conversation. It's really valuable. You can always reach Andrew through the Energy Central platform where he welcomes your questions and comments. We also want to give a shout out of thanks to the podcast sponsor that made today's episode possible. Thanks to West Monroe. West Monroe works with the nation's largest electric, gas, and water utilities in their telecommunication grid modernization, and digital and workforce transformations. West Monroe brings a multidisciplinary team that blends utility, operations, and technology expertise to address modernizing aging infrastructure, advisory on transportation electrification, ADMS deployments, data and analytics, and cybersecurity. Once again, I'm your host, Jason Price. Plug in and stay fully charged in the discussion by hopping into the community at energycentral.com. See you next time at the Energy Central Power Perspectives Podcast. <music>